morning sports fans. Welcome to another episode of The Benchwarmer. I'm your host, Jason of the Detailing Mind. So we're in the last week of the month of August, which brings Rugby World Cup starting September 2nd. So I thought that I would uh, take some time to sit down and run through some of my picks as we get closer to that event uh, kicking off. It's uh, being hosted by France this year. Uh, for those of you who may not know exactly how this whole uh, rugby variation of the World Cup uh, tournament uh, got started, basically it was, it was uh, started in 1986, so it's still a relatively recent thing. Um, there has been rugby inter- international rugby play in the past, but I, th- I think a lot of it has kind of coalesced around the uh, Rugby World Cup in terms of 15-man, which is the, 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 the full or normal uh, play. There's also a variation known as 10-man and 7-man. In previous years, I went through and, and uh, covered my predictions on how those tournaments win for the uh, Sevens World Cup for men and women. There's also Rugby League, which is a uh, different variation of the full 15s Rugby Union style of play. And so that has its own set of rules. It's kind of like a difference between, if you think about it, uh, Canadian football and American football. Um, So for those of you who are kind of wondering, you know, what's the difference? Why is there a difference? Um, different set of rules that change the game up a little bit. Um, I think there's a different number of players. I think there's, you know, it's a little bit closer to uh, American football in terms of how many downs you get, that being rugby league, whereas rugby union is a little bit more geared towards uh, the association football or soccer. Um in regards to like the open play and you possess the ball until the other team can get away from you, that type of thing. So um, that's kind of the, the, the quick background behind how it got started. Uh, basically, the rugby world was looking for, at this time it was the IRB, the International Rugby Board. They were looking for some sort of international um, tournament or gaming uh, venue that could... Uh, you know, kind of unite the world, if you will, uh, under the uh, banner of uh, rugby as a, an international sport, kind of in the same effects that what is being done with uh, World Cup for association football. And so um, they kept with the World Cup thing just to kind of keep that connection to its association football roots because rugby football did technically come out of association football. Um as kind of like the uh, the parent generation of the, the, this whole sports family tree, if you will. So, um, the current rendition of Rugby World Cup started in 1986. Uh, there have been a couple teams, I want to say four teams, that have won the Rugby World Cup. England, Australia, South Africa, and New Zealand. As of right now, New Zealand and South Africa are tied 
at three wins apiece for the, the most uh, uh, World Cup championships for each country. And that kind of makes sense given that South Africa and New Zealand are some of the biggest rivals in rugby union uh, play. Uh, there's, they're just notorious for having a very strong rivalry given their, their long history of um, excellent rugby play. So um, both teams are in it this year. That's good to know because that means we're in for a very fun World Cup year this year. So um, quickly about how this operates. Uh, just like in association football, the soccer's World Cup, there is a qualifying round where they have to go through and qualify. Um, the United States did not make it this year. I, if I remember correctly, they were beat by the country of Georgia, not the state. The state's within the United States. But there's a country that's called, also called Georgia. And if I recall correctly, the country of Georgia beat the United States, and that's what DQ'd the U.S. from um, participating in this year's World Cup. France is hosting this year's World Cup, like I mentioned earlier, and so how it's structured is there are four pools or groups. Each group has five teams in it. They will pl- Each team will play another team in its group once, so there's a total of four games. And then the top two teams from each group will play against each other. Uh, And so how they do it is they will match up, you know, like uh, the first seed from Group C against the second seed from Group D. uh, And then it would be uh, second seed from Group A versus the top seed from Group B, that type of thing. So you kind of see how they kind of design the whole uh, seating and how the knockout phase would go. And that's kind of how the, the, uh, the knockout phase goes after that. Is they will, they will match up teams for like the single loss elimination style game uh, based off of what seed they finish in their, their pool or their group. So once again, keep in mind there's four groups, five teams in each group for a total of 20 teams in the World Cup. The top two from each group will move on to the uh, uh, the next the next phase, aka the uh, the knockout phase. So, um, believe it or not, the qualifying for the World Cup ended this month, earlier this month, and then I think last week, if I remember correctly, the governing board went through and randomly drew the uh, participants in each group or pool. And so what we're looking at in group A is New Zealand, the host country of France, Italy, Uruguay, and Namibia. In group B, we have South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Tonga, and Romania. In Group C, we have Wales, Australia, Fiji, the country of Georgia, and Portugal. 
And then the last group, Group D, we have England, Japan, Australia, Samoa, and Chile. So uh, that's kind of how each group has been kind of coalesced uh, thus far. And apparently already there's been a little bit of controversy about how some groups are easy while the groups are, you know, it seems like all the quote-unquote good teams got mushed together. And so we're going to see a lot of good teams not making and a lot of uh, subpar teams possibly move on to the next round. So, um, but that's kind of how the luck of the draw goes, you know, in, in, in these kind of tournaments. You know, so... I, I like that randomness, you know, it does mean that uh, um, some quote-unquote subpar or lower-ranked teams could advance beyond the uh, pool phase, while other good teams might not, but that's, like I said, that's the luck of the draw, that's what makes this kind of a tournament so appealing, it's because it's randomized, you know, um, but just like what we saw in Women's World Cup for uh, for soccer, just because a team is ranked really well doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to win it, you know, or do very well in the, in the tournament process anyway. So, you know, just because England might potentially have a very easy uh, um, group, for example, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to come on the top two spots. Uh, I know Samoa is a very good rugby team when it comes to rugby sevens, so who knows? Maybe their uh, their full 15 squad is also just as good and can easily beat uh, England. Maybe there's an upset waiting to happen. You know, Japan, they, they've been uh, known to have upsets in the past when it comes to men's 15 rugby, so maybe they could do something. Maybe Argentina could uh, come in and do something, you know? Maybe even Chile. I think Chile just uh, qualified for their first World Cup this year, if I remember correctly. So who knows? Maybe they could be the uh, the dark horse in this whole uh, tournament and upsets England. So, you know, that's kind of the nice thing about this style of, I guess if you want to call it Russian roulette pool phase when it comes to uh, picking these, these different groups. You don't know what's going to happen. Even what seems like a quote-unquote easy uh, group phase to get out of might not be the case. Whereas maybe a very difficult group phase to get out of might actually become very easy for a team. You know, it just, you know, each team is going to have their ups and downs and it kind of, you know, we'll see what the luck of the draw has for uh, teams of performance. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. The, uh, the pools have been set. Like I said, each team is going to play one of the, the each uh, each of the other teams in their pool once. So because there's five teams in each pool or group, there'll be a total of four games to finish off the the uh, the the pool or the group stage, and then the top two teams advance. So. Um, Let's see just how interesting the uh, this first round of the World Cup can be. Um, with that being said, here are some of my picks for it. So returning back to Pool A, I'm going to pick the number one seed to be New Zealand and the number two team to be France. I don't know too much about Italy rugby, 
I don't know too much about Uruguay uh, uh, rugby, and I definitely don't know too much about Namibia's rugby team squad. Maybe they are really good. They are pretty close to South Africa, so there could be a regional uh, rivalry going on there for their uh, respective conference for uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. Who knows? So, um, just kind of like, like how uh, Georgia was probably in uh, the MENA region, MENA meaning uh, Middle East, Northern Africa, so perhaps maybe they were able to uh, win out in their their region, and that's why they're in the, uh, the World Cup. So, um, anyway, my two picks for Group A would be uh, New Zealand, the number one seed, going out of that group, and then France, the number two seed. Moving on to Group B, we've got South Africa, another powerhouse in rugby union for, for uh, full 15 squads. We have Ireland, another historically good team. We've got Scotland, another historically good team. Tonga and Romania. My picks. It's a tough one too because I do like Ireland as a rugby squad. I do like Scotland as a rugby squad. Historically speaking, uh, England, Scotland, Wales, and Ireland, at least Northern Ireland, have all been combined together as Great Britain. But uh, recently, just like in other international sports like soccer, for example, they have allowed these uh, countries that make up Great Britain to represent themselves in World Cup events, whether it's association, association uh, football, a.k.a. soccer, or now in this case, uh, rugby union. So that's pretty cool to see. Um, so th- this is kind of a tough one. This is going to be a tough uh, group phase to get out of because South Africa's in there, Ireland's in there, Tonga's in there. Tonga's another one of those um, Pacific Islander countries that are exceptionally well at rugby union, especially sevens rugby. So it'd be interesting to see how that success in sevens rugby parlays over to the full 15 squad. My pick for group B, as hard as it is, I'm going to go with uh, Tonga as the upset. Originally, I was going to go with Ireland, but then I kind of thought about it. I'm like, you know what? I think there's going to be something that uh, Tonga will be able to pull off. So I think that there's going to be a little upset there in regards to Tonga coming out on top because Ireland is historically, from what I understand, a better squad on the full 15 side. So... Um, there's my slight upset right there. So I'm picking um, South Africa and Tonga to come out of Group B. Moving on to Group C, we've got Wales, Australia, Fiji, Georgia, and Portugal. I think, if I remember correctly, Portugal, this is only their second appearance in the uh, Rugby World Cup. So definitely an up-and-coming squad that's uh, starting to invest in in rugby. Uh, Georgia, I think, is kind of the same way. I think they're a relatively new uh, presence on the scene. 
uh, Fiji. Fiji is another one of those Pacific Islander uh, countries that excels at sevens rugby. So it'll be interesting to see how well they do on the full 15 side. Um, I haven't sat down and looked at any of these uh, of the standings. Uh, just like in women's uh, association football World Cup, they have they were ranked. I didn't take the time to sit down and see how these teams were ranked going into this whole endeavor. So, um, hopefully we can see how that all plays plays out for us. Because um, Fiji, like I said, is a very good powerhouse when it comes to uh, um, sevens rugby. Australia, kind of the same thing. Um, Australia is known more for their rugby league squad, but they've also had some success when it comes to rugby union. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see how well they do this time around. I think uh, if I remember correctly, Australia is working on rebounding and rebuilding their uh, um, their team and their uh, success. So uh, we'll see exactly how they do this year. Maybe it's a step forward. Maybe it's a step back. Maybe it's kind of one of those uh, years where, like, hey, you know what? We uh, we were par for the course. That's a good benchmark. Let's rebuild and try again next year. Um, so we'll, we'll see how they do. But like I said, Australia is a little bit more known for their uh, rugby league squad, as well as their uh, rugby rules football, which to be honest, I don't really know too much about. It's something I need to get into a little bit more along with lacrosse. So, um, I do, it is easier to watch lacrosse here in the States, given our connection, you know, with the border with Canada and their uh, um, rich history of lacrosse, as well as a lot of the uh, First Nations uh, squads that are in both the United States and Canada, but, uh, um, Aussie rules football is definitely something that I like to check out. So uh, we'll see how that goes. You know, we'll, we'll see exactly what's uh, what's going on with Aussie rules football in a future uh, episode and maybe a future season. Um, and then Wales. You know, if I remember correctly, I think rugby was first formed in Wales. I, I could probably I'm probably wrong. Um, it's either that or it's in England, one of the two. I think. If I remember correctly, I think it was it was first the game was first uh, developed as a variation of association football in the town of rugby. Um, and I can't remember if that was in Wales or England, but uh, either way, you know, Wales is is kind of like uh, um, Scotland in that they are. They also have a pretty strong history of uh, rugby uh, being part of Great Britain and uh, their success in uh, in the sport of rugby. So uh, we'll see how they do. We'll see how they do on their own. Um, uh, they're obviously not quite on par with uh, some of the other squads that come from uh, Great Britain, but uh, we'll see how they do this year. And then to round out the whole uh, group phase picks... I'm sorry, I need to backtrack a little bit. Uh, My Group C picks are Fiji and the number one seed out of uh, Group C. And Australia, number two seed. 
So I don't think Fiji's going to make it this year. But who knows? Maybe uh, I'll be surprised. And then lastly, Group D, you got England, a uh, powerhouse in uh, um, international rugby. Once again, mentioning that they did win a World Cup since the foundation of this uh, international uh, tournament. Japan is also in there. Um, Argentina, Samoa, and Chile. I'm going to go with uh, England being the number one seed out of Group D. I'm also going to go Samoa as the number two seed. Samoa, once again, it's one of those Pacific Islander countries that they are just superb at sevens rugby. And so, since it's been a few years since I've really gotten into, uh, you know, rugby, uh, like I used to be, you know, even like a decade ago, um, it'd be interesting to see how their full 15 squad can match up to their sevens rugby success. I think Samoa will be able to pull it off and move on to the knockout phase. So those are my picks uh, for for the group phase. So that gets us into the uh, the knockout uh, stage, the quarterfinals. Eight teams are going to be facing off against each other. Uh, based off of how I mentioned it earlier, um, actually, let me backtrack real quick. My picks in Group C are actually Fiji and Australia. I was looking at the wrong uh, listing there. So Fiji, I did, I did think will make it, and Australia. They'll beat out Wales, because I think that's probably going to be their biggest competitor. Um, so, correction in Group C, Fiji and Australia. So, back to the knockout phase, now that I uh, corrected my, uh, my mistake there. Horrible handwriting on some of my notes. Uh, we got Fiji versus Samoa in the, the knockout phase, the uh, quarterfinals. And I'm going to go with Samoa. Uh, historically speaking, Samoa has been a stronger of the Rugby Sevens uh, countries in, in the Pacific Islander, Islander uh, region. So I think Samoa is going to be able to beat out their uh, cross-ocean rivals. Next up, we've got uh, South Africa versus France. Uh, South Africa being a, another major powerhouse in international rugby play. And I think they're going to be able to topple the host country and move on to the uh, semifinals. Also moving on, we got England and Australia. A good old classic. Especially given the history behind Australia and England. Australia being where uh, England... Uh, basically marooned a lot of their quote-unquote criminals, enemies of the state, whatever, what have you. Um, and so there is that rivalry still between uh, England and Australia. Um, Australia also being kind of a quasi-colony uh, up until the 20th century and uh, how Great Britain lost a lot of its overseas uh, uh, territories. So... Uh, in this matchup, I do think England's going to prevail, and they'll beat Australia, although I do think it's going to be a pretty close match. Um, just how I think it'll be a close match between Fiji and Samoa. When it comes to South Africa and France, on the other hand, I do think it's going to be a little bit more one-sided in favor of, of South Africa. 
And then lastly, we've got New Zealand versus Tonga. Uh, both countries that are Pacific Islands and uh, strong in the Pacific Islander uh, culture and, and uh, traditions. And so I am going to side with New Zealand. Not only are they a powerhouse in international rugby play, but they are my favorite team. So there's my bias speaking. But like I said before, uh, Tonga is one of those countries that is historically very strong on sevens rugby. So once again, we'll see how that strength can parlay over to full 15s. Hopefully it'll do pretty well, but we'll see. Um, That kind of rounds out my quarterfinal predictions for for the game. Moving on to the semifinals in the knockout stage. We've got Samoa versus the Republic of South Africa. And I think this is where any success that Samoa has on parlaying their sevens rugby success over to the full 15s will come to an end because getting matched up against South Africa is going to be a very daunting task to overcome. And I think uh, South Africa will prevail in this situation. And then lastly, the big matchup. Um, one for the ages, if you will. England versus New Zealand. And I'm definitely going to go with uh, New Zealand on this one. I think it's going to be a great matchup. Uh, both teams, I think, you know, are easily in the top five. England possibly in the top three and when it comes to international play. So definitely a, a powerhouse matchup that will be uh, really fun to watch. But I'm going to be biased on this one. I'm going to go with New Zealand. The All Blacks will, will win that one. And then we will get a rematch of the biggest rivalry, I think, in rugby, international rugby play. And that's the uh, New Zealand and South Africa matchup. And uh, just like in World Cup, as well as the Olympics, they do go based off of first, second, and third, gold, silver, and bronze, if you will. So here are my matchups. When it comes to... New Zealand versus South Africa. I think that New Zealand will win their fourth World Cup uh, title and break the tie between them and South Africa. And silver will obviously be uh, South Africa. And then when England matches up against Samoa, I think that uh, England will prevail and they will get the bronze or third place in the uh, competition and uh, that will round out this year's Rugby World Cup Um, I can't remember if they will have one in 2025 but I know for sure this year 2023 they have one in 2024 um, I believe we have the Rugby League World Cup variation so that's going to be uh, interesting to watch. I'm going to look forward to checking that out. As well as in 2025, we will have the Women's Rugby Full 15 World Cup. So um, tons of rugby to be had. Not to mention that in 2024, 
we will get to see Sevens Rugby return as they uh, continue their presence in the 2024 Summer Olympic Games. So that's going to be fun to watch as well. So uh, tons of rugby to be had these next couple of years. Um, So there's my predictions for uh, the full 15 men's 2023 Rugby World Cup. So I hope everyone enjoyed my picks. I hope everyone sits down and watches a few matches. I think it's going to be a very exciting World Cup tournament this year. So for all of you that are new to uh, rugby, definitely check it out. It's an awesome sport. Um, Please, please, please look into uh, rugby uh, leagues or rugby uh, teams that are from your area. If you live in the United States, find the uh, closest team to you that's in the Major League Rugby. Or find some teams that are in lower-tiered uh, leagues and uh, check them out, you know, if you're interested in the sport. Do the same thing for lacrosse. Do the same thing for rugby league, you know. Uh, do the same thing for uh, Aussie Rules football if you can. So tons of uh, rugby to be had. Definitely check it out. I know I'm going to be enjoying uh, September and uh, all of the uh, great uh, rugby matches. So thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this episode of The Dixillion Mind. And I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. Thanks for tuning in.